This is uh, Jay Sign, and you're listening to the Dynasty Hot Seat. Hello, everybody, and welcome back once again to the Dynasty Hot Seat. It's the only Dynasty show out there that is a certified inferno. And we got a really special guest on today. We've got Jay Stein. You can find him at Twitter at underscore Jason Stein. And he's here today, you know, to give us his hints, to give us his tips, and to have a very special hot seat mock draft because for the first time. We've got all these brand new rookies that are going to be in this startup mock draft. And Jay has the privilege of being the first guy to, to have a go and see where these rookies will, will land in, you know, the overall grand scheme of, of the NFL. Um, Jay does absolutely amazing work over it. You can probably see on his T-shirt a little hint at where he's doing some great work. You know, over at the Dynasty Nerds, a great team over there, he has... Some great articles like the Intelligent Fantasy Football Investor. And you can also, if you're not already a member of the Dynasty Nerds Nerd Herd, you can sign up and use his promo code INVESTOR to get yourself 15% off. How amazing is that? So even before he said a word, he's already given you some excellent treats. How good is that? Jay, welcome to the show. Great to have you on. Oh, and thanks so much, Connor. I really appreciate the opportunity to be on um, your awesome show here uh it's quickly becoming one of my favorites oh awesome thank um, you so much yeah um, so you know as i said though jay's going to give us some hints and tips so we're going to get right into you know section number one which is the art of war and it's jay's you know hints and tips for dynasty players you might be a new player you might be a super seasoned pro you might be somewhere in between but jay's got you he's going to help you out with the hints and tips so what do you got for us yeah, so my tips. Um, I uh, come from an investments background. So largely what I try and do in the fantasy football space is to take those investment concepts that I've learned over time and apply them to fantasy football. Awesome. And the first one I wanted to talk about was the concept of value. And in investing, uh, in value investing, uh, it's just about buying something for less than its fundamental value is. Um, value sometimes gets a bad rap. Because a lot of people think it just means buying like the cheapest assets out there or something at a lower price asset. But it's really not about that. It's about the price you pay versus what that asset is worth. Um, there's lots of uh, different ways that fantasy football people look at value in the space. Uh, one way I particularly like is um, wins above replacement or war. And there's many, many other op- options out there to, to think about value. But um, I came up with my own particular way to do it, um, taking some of those um, investments concepts and, and applying it to, to this fantasy football. Um, first, before I get started there, um, uh, one thing I wanted to get out of the way here is um, price is what you pay for something and value is what you get from something. And this is nice. one of the most important yeah. pieces that I think people don't quite get right. Price and value are not the same thing. Price is what you pay to get that fantasy player, whether that's ADP or when you're trading, if you're using 
trade calculators, that the TTC price or whatever. And value is what that, that player is fundamentally worth. So um, the premise uh, for my uh, development of, of, of value here is that fantasy players should be based, fantasy players' values should be based on the relationship between a player's price and his earnings or his PE ratio. I'm not sure if you heard of PE ratio before. That's something you use in, in, um, in the investment world. Um, so in my example, applying it to fantasy football, price is the number assigned to him on keep trade cut or his KTC. And fantasy points on a per game basis, the PPG for the player is the player's earnings. So if you put it together, his PE ratio, his price to earnings ratio, equals his KTC price divided by his points per game. Um, and that would be his measure of value. And then you take that PE ratio and on a relative basis, you compare it to other similar assets on a like for like basis. And the one with the lower PE ratio is the one that you're getting a better value from. You're getting, more, you're getting more points for the amount of price you have to pay for that. And the best way to look at that um, to use that PE is looking at within positions um, and you can set it up in tiers or clusters, but the point is you're looking for like for like um, the, you know, you, you can't use PEUs ratios of Tom Brady versus Justin Fields. It, it makes it tough to do it. But when you're looking at Justin Fields versus Trey Lance or Trevor Lawrence, um, then you can kind of get an idea of what, um, you know, what PE can help you yeah. when you're trying to pick between the two. So that's my first tip. I'll encourage you to read more about that in the Intelligent Investor Series on Dynasty Nerds um, if you're interested in that topic. Yeah, absolutely. That is really, really fascinating to me. You know, I love like how you've taken you know, your expertise in like one area and just, you know, you know, applied it into here. And, you know, the great thing about, you know, you know, fantasy football is you can, you know, dig into, you know, almost an infinite amount of stats and numbers and, you know, things that have different correlations and, you know, I think you've done a really good job with that and just finding, you know, those those nuggets of value and those sort of golden players like, I, you know, off the top of my head, you know, you people like your Brandon Cookses and people like that who, you know, their price and their value, yeah, are completely, you know, skewed a little bit. You know, you get you get those players like that, you know, all the time and finding people like that is is so important for, you know, building these championship teams. So I absolutely love that. I really do encourage people to get over and, and read those articles that are up on Dynasty Nerds, and you can just head over to, to Jess Twitter to, to find them really quickly. So what a brilliant first tip. Um, what else have you got for us for tip number two? <laughs> yeah, appreciate that. Um, so the next tip here, um, and Connor, I, I hope it's okay. I got even more than three, so hopefully that, that's good too. Oh, but, um, bring, bring them uh, all. I mean, I need all the help <laughs> I can get. I know that. So uh, the second one I got here is a good player versus a good investment. We spend a ton of time trying to figure out who the good players are, who the bad or mediocre players are. And I agree that is an uh, incredibly valuable process to understand who, who is going to be good and who is going to be bad. But objectively, a good player does not necessarily mean that he is a good investment. If that good player is acquired for less than his fundamental value, then yeah, he's probably a good investment. But that's just it. Good players can't be, can be good investments or bad investment. They can be either. Um, one of the best ways to create value in Dynasty Fantasy Football 
is to correctly identify valuable rookie players as they come into the league. So here's an example. In uh, last year, using Superflex ADP, you had to use pick 1.06 to acquire um, Najee Harris uh, in your rookie drafts. So when you're thinking about price for that, that's about the 5,000 when it comes to KTC. And Harris is now at a KTC price of around 6,500. So his price appreciated about 30%. Now, whatever your views are on what Najee Harris is, a good player or maybe a mediocre player that has uh, an, uh, an offense that gives him a lot of volume, that's not really the point. The point is, is that in May of last year, he was a great value. Mm. Um, but that doesn't necessarily mean that he's a great value right now. Um, and, and I venture to tell you that, um, you know, looking at PEs that maybe he isn't at the moment. Yeah. <laughs> um, so that's, that's the next tip there. Good player versus good investment. Uh, you can, the good players can be both a good investment or a bad investment, depending on what yeah. the price you're paying is. <laughs> yeah, I think that's absolutely great advice as well. Like, you know, it's maybe sometimes easy to get caught up in, you know, this, especially, you know, now as well with like kind of people in the rookie fever a little bit, like people are like, oh, I just, I need to get Christian Watson or I need to get, you know, Sky Moore on my team. And then it's just overpaying for that pick or, you know, people like, oh, I need to get Najee Harris after that. And, you know, people aren't going to accept that price that it was, you know, at the start of last year. You're not going to get Najee Harris for pick one six in this draft. But then does that mean that you should go out and pay two first for Najee Harris? Maybe not. You know, I, mm-hmm. I love that. Yeah, you have to look at each thing in a separate kind of vacuum of, of value and price and value. Yeah, I think um, I'm definitely going to start yep. using those two terms, you know, a lot more and, and look at them as two separate things. So I really like that as a second tip. So you got tip number three for us as well, Jay. What do you have for us? Yeah, tip number three. So uh, this one is a concept called compounding. So investing, um, compounding basically means making money on money. Uh, a lot of people think about it as compound interest you learn about yeah. in school. Yeah, uh, It's also creating wealth. Uh, I'm sorry, having your wealth to create more wealth. So wealth mm-hmm. on wealth. Yeah. Uh, and in Dynasty Fantasy Football, it's also possible to compound your wealth as well. Um, the way to do that is to trade down the price curve and accumulate draft picks while mm-hmm. you're not giving up too much uh, production-wise. So you have two assets that are fairly similar. One has a, a very high price and one has a very uh, uh, more reasonable price. You trade the high price one for a reasonable price one, collect your draft pick, and you're not giving up too much from a production mm. or opportunity perspective. Mm. So where you're creating the most value there is the, you're accumulating draft picks. Draft picks or plus more, whatever it is. Draft picks are almost always rising in price until you mm. use them. They never get hurt and are a common, common medium of exchange, i.e. You can, you can always, there's always a market for them. Yeah. And the best part is now that you have a guaranteed appreciating asset, you can use those assets to create more wealth for your dynasty team. So um, just to kind of put a bow on it here, if you can find undervalued players with similar production or outlook to yours that are cheaper in price, you can trade your player for the cheaper player plus more then you can use that plus more to create more wealth for your team. And so that's kind of, uh, you know, a concept that I like to use in, in dynasty fantasy football as, as one way to go about it. Yeah, absolutely. Love that. And, you know, that can be done like using a lot of people come on here and talked about, 
you know, the importance of, you know, not just having rankings, but actually using like tiers. So if you can trade back for someone in the same tier and then get that, you know, that bonus just like for free, essentially, then yeah, you're playing with house money and that that's great. That's something I wish, you know, we'd be able to sort of play around with in the future on the show. You know, when people are doing their drafts, you know, we'd be able to get a feature where you can actually trade those picks in that in that mock draft tool that would add an extra little wrinkle that would be cool into the show. Um, so yeah, I love that as your as your third tip. And now you got you got some bonus tips for us as well. Bonus, bonus. Yes. And just just to add on to that, I mean, that you're just just mentioning, you know, yeah, Kyle Pitts, no matter what your view is on him or not, um, he his price is so high. Um, it's silly not to not to take him even if you don't have yeah. a very good outlook for him and then you trade him for mark andrews plus i mean there's yeah. so many opportunities always be looking for trying to trying to compound always be compound yeah cal pitts's value is so high i literally have never tried to buy him off someone because <laughs> i just i don't want to see what will come back my way so only shares of cal pitts i have are the ones i've drafted i've never tried to buy him yeah but and then it's really fun to be on the other side because you see all these, you know, ridiculous trades out there that you, you get to reap the rewards from that if you want to. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So tip number four, um, the title on this one's uh, Keep Calm and Carry On or nice. uh, Emotional Stability here. Um, and so the point here is uh, markets are pretty efficient, but they're not completely efficient. And mm-hmm. a lot of that has to do with uh, people not acting rationally. And the one I want to talk about was was the pendulum effect. So um, when it, investors are not acting rationally, they create a pendulum effect of euphor- euphoria and depression. So it's a boom or a bust. Mm. Once the pendulum is swinging, the asset's price will likely move too far one way or the other. This causes the market to over or underprice assets frequently. Mm. The pendulum effect happens all the time in fantasy football. For example, I'm going to give you an example of, of um, Clyde edwards Lair. Yeah, uh, a rookie running back drafted in the first round. Then uh, the team that drafted him has an excellent offense with no competition at the position. The price of the rookie skyrockets before he even plays it down in the NFL. It's pure euphor- euphoria. Uh, the market pendulum swings too far to the positive, and that same player has a couple mediocre seasons riddled with some injuries or poor circumstances. Um, that player's price plummets. It's depression the pendulum probably swings too far in the negative direction. The point here is that a player's price is probably somewhere in the middle of the pendulum price swings. And value can be created if you take advantage of those extreme market prices. So you buy players when the pendulum swings far too far to the negative and you sell players when um, the pendulum swings far too far to the positive. So that was uh, number four. And then I'll do uh, uh, get further into my bonus here a little bit. Um, Fantastic. <laughs> so as I said before, a good way to create value is to hit on rookie picks. Yep. And the best way to hit on rookie picks is to be familiar with them before they get to the league. And mm. the best way I think to be familiar with them before they get to the league is to participate in Debbie leagues, campus to Canton leagues, or college fantasy football leagues. Yep. Even if it's not high stakes, just get in there and get familiar with these guys and have a general understanding of who they are and how good they are. Is going to be tremendously helpful um, for when you do do your rookie drafts and you yeah. see them enter the league. So uh, I'd recommend getting started right away uh, in some of those types of leagues if you aren't already. Um, and if you need help, 
uh, I, oh, I know it'll make you become a better dynasty player. Mm. If you need help getting started or finding leagues, um, we'll, uh, over at Dynasty Nerds, we'll, we'll help you do that. And you can reach out and I'd be happy to help as well. That's really and cool. Then, yeah. Like, yeah. I'm certainly not in, I'm not in any Devi leagues myself, even. And it's something like I've been thinking about joining. And then I, I was even thinking, and maybe some listeners as well, it's like, where do you even go? Like, can you do Devi on Sleeper? Can you do Devi on, you know, Flea Flick? What do you, what do you need to be able to do Devi? What, what is the kind of setup or is there certain websites you need to go to? Oh, yeah. Um, that, we can, I can help you answer all those questions. I think that's an awesome idea. We should we should set up a, a, a Dynasty Hot Seat Debbie League. Yes. Um, I'm up I'll for commission that. it for you if you want to do it. Yeah, um, I'm up for that. And we can get it going. Yeah, man. Um, and then one last thing, uh, just because, you know, we're getting into the, uh, almost to the, where the, the seat gets really hot. And uh, I'm not sure if I'll remember it when we get there. Uh, <laughs> but I just wanted to go through my uh, my setup here real quick. So these are some of the things I like to have on hand when I'm doing my draft. I like their rankings, mm. tiers or clusters, whatever your, your flavor is. And I like to compare yeah. that to, you know, what we're seeing on ADP. I also like to keep um, KTC open or you can do whatever your favorite dynasty calculator is. Yeah. But I just like to have a good idea of what prices are as I'm scrolling through the ADP and what the tiers are. Just, uh, just so I can understand, you know, what's, what's kind of falling if there's high price players that are falling like, um ktc uh, the pricing on uh, jalen waddle is really high right now compared mm. to you know what your um rankings show or what's on adp at, at dynasty nerds yeah and so just kind of have an understanding that you know if i draft him i could sell him for a lot more than if i get him later in the draft and the only mm-hmm. thing i have open is um the r lads uh depth charts you can look at whatever your favorite sources for depth charts but i like to have a, a good idea of um, what the situation is as I'm selecting players, especially when I get to the later rounds into 15 and 16. And yeah. um, it gives you a good idea and that they make projections of if rookies are going to be, you know, wh- where they're going to be in the depth charts and, and as such. And um, just, you know, some rules while I'm going through the, in the draft is, you know, I'm looking for players that are undervalued or overvalued while I go through this, not exactly looking for the ones that are exactly valued. Yeah. And the reason is the undervalued ones, I'm looking for price appreciation. The overvalued ones, I'm thinking about um, what I can trade. <laughs> yeah. You know, how I can compound them. So, you know, taking the Kyle Pitts, you know, how I make that into Mark Andrews plus more, um, yeah. you know, whatever they are. So, you know, as we go through this draft, um, sometimes, you know, uh, you, you might question like, oh, man, that guy's pretty overvalued I, I wouldn't pay that price for him but what i'm thinking about is well you know that's a high price what can i get for him on the other side of it kind of thing. yeah yeah thinking about yeah like we've had last week even just ali was saying it's like you need to remember like once the draft ends you those players are on your team like you can do whatever you want with them then like you're not drafting for you're not drafting your starting lineup necessarily like you're, you're drafting because you've got the future planned out, you know, this is dynasty. You got like years and years and years of these players. So yeah, you're not drafting your starting lineup. You're drafting your, yeah, your future lineup almost in a, in a weird way. If that makes any sense. That's right. Yeah. That's right. That is brilliant. And you'll have all of those things ready sitting in front of you as <laughs> you're about to sit in that hot seat for our mock draft. The first one this year, including the brand new rookies. And that's coming right up in part two now.
Okay, here we are. We're in part two where things, you know, really start to get, you know, heated up here on, on the Dynasty hot seat. And Jay, you're now firmly sitting in the hot seat. Very different experience to part number one. How, how are you feeling now you're about to embark on this, on this journey? My, uh, my seat is getting hot. It's getting hot. That's what we like to hear. And we've got our startup you know, 12 teams, Superflex, 18 rounds, you know, including those new rookies, which we can't wait to see where they're going to end up. And, you know, the first question we were sort of chatting just kind of off air there about, you know, what position you would take. And, you know, Jay, much like Ali last week, he's going to be a bit of a team player for people watching. He's not going to take the pick that he would want in an ideal world, but he's going to take one just to entertain you listening and watching. So that is great to hear, Jay. What, what position are, are you going to go for? Yes, yeah, so I, I've, I've seen all your shows. I kind of recorded down who took what, when. I saw 19 of your 17, or I'm sorry, nine of your 17 total shows went with 1.03 or higher. Yep. 15 of the 17 went with 1.06 or higher. Yep. And then there's two guys that went with the back half, one with, one with the 10th position and one with the 12th position. So ordinarily, if I was doing this and I got to pick, which you don't necessarily always get to pick, I'd probably go for spot three but uh, for the sake of variety i think we're gonna go with slot 11 since nobody's taken that one before slot 11 the first person to choose slot 11 that was fantastic so we got everything locked in so jay is about to get going with this mock draft from position number 11 um so here we go pick number 11 is locked in so let's just start the draft and and see who ends up there as you'd imagine you got Mahomes, Allen, Jonathan Taylor. They're coming Ooh. off the board pretty quickly. Justin Herbert went at five. That's a pretty big what shot. Is that? Yeah, that's throwing a little curveball out there. Um, I know it doesn't always go fully to ADP, which is interesting. Yeah. But yeah, uh, Murray above Herbert. That's a bold decision by by team number four, whoever they are. <laughs> but um, it's left and us Jonathan with Taylor. Yeah, it's left us with a lot of great players still on the board. You know. Deshaun Watson sitting up at the top, uh, pretty risky pick, but, you know, it is Dynasty. He almost a few games probably this season, but, you know, he's still young enough that it shouldn't really matter in the long term. And DeAndre Swift and Dak Prescott sitting up there too. Anyone standing out to you in your in your system and, you know, looking through your charts and your and your statistics, is anyone there you're thinking that is value? Kyle Pitts is there we did talk about earlier. Yeah, so I think I'm going to save Kyle Pitts for – I got I pick in a couple picks here. So I yeah. think I'm gonna save him for the second round. Yeah. And I subscribe to the same uh uh view that um in Superflex uh, you you have to focus on the QBs. Yeah. Um and right now, um whatever your opinion is on um his you know personal dealings, uh Deshaun Watson is elite QB yep. in a new team. And um whatever his suspension is, whether that's eight games or, or, or not, um, he is an uh, elite producer on the field. And um, I think we got to go with Deshaun Watson um, for pick one here. Yeah, Deshaun Watson, absolutely. He must have been, you know, somebody on, you know, your sort of price and value radar just a couple of months ago, because, you know, on in startups, you could be getting Deshaun Watson in. I got him in the ninth round in one startup over the summer, which was, ab- sorry, no, the summer over a few months ago, which was 
absolutely bonkers. Like round number nine, you're getting Deshaun Watson. And, you know, I've not played a game yet in that league, but, you know, looking at it now, it's, yeah, it's looking pretty good. Um, He's sort of the bottom of that first tier. And and maybe you break the tier up, but if you go and you look at Josh Allen, Pat Mahomes, Justin Herbert, and then who I'd say is also fills out that tier, Lamar Jackson, Kyler Murray. I think Deshaun Watson fits at the very bottom of that um, over even guys like Dak Prescott or Joe Burrow. Um, Even though he's, you know, maybe sitting half a season here because he he just provides that elite, um, that fantasy points from a fantasy points perspective. Yeah, he's just, yeah, he's got the rushing upside. And then, you know, the last full season he played, he led the league in, in passing yards. So he's, yeah, he's completely elite. I agree. And you got to love getting him at that value at, at the back end of the first round. And, you know, like you said, we're right on the right on the board again um, at the start of the second pick 2.2 uh, with Dak Prescott still there. That's got to be interesting. And Najee Harris, Javante Williams and, and Kyle Pitts sitting up at the top of the draft board. Yeah, Dak Prescott is is uh, is very interesting, um, and you know, keeping the theme of QBs. But when I'm looking here at at KTC, um, Kyle Pitts is the highest price asset left on the board. Mm-hmm. And I, I think I mentioned this before. Even if you're not um, interested in, in in keeping Kyle Pitts on your team, um, you could you could take him here and then and uh, practice compounding, and you could trade him down uh, for. Uh, Mark Andrews, who yep. may or may not produce at a similar rate, because maybe you know you're giving up a few years there, but you could also pick up a couple draft picks or one draft pick in next year's draft. Yep. Um, the things I like about Kyle Pitts is that he's he's kind of the unicorn player, right? Yeah, um, absolutely. He's, he's a he's a wide receiver playing tight end, and you're looking for that wide receiver production in in superflex um, tight end premium leagues. I think I see Kyle Pitts going even higher than where we're getting him here in the second round. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, I think this is a, when you're, when you're thinking about, you know, what you can sell a guy like Kyle Pitts for, or even if you want to keep him on your team and play, play that strategic advantage of, of getting wide receiver production from your, from your tight end slot, a slot where you have to, to draft or you have to play a tight end every week. Mm. Um, you got to go with, got to go with Kyle Pitts here. Yeah, love it. I thought, I was thinking suspicion you might take Kyle Pitts there after your our instant <laughs> tips. So let's get Kyle Pitts locked up sort of with the intention of, you know, trying to get Mark Andrews plus there, just like we were saying before, you know, you're not drafting your starting lineup here. You're you're drafting with with value in mind and getting your team to be the best, you know, with these players or or without them. Yeah, hey man, I'd be really happy with Mark Andrews and a, and a late first next year. I'm yeah. I'm, as the entire dynasty community knows, uh, the twenty. I'm pretty excited for the 2023 rookie class. I got yeah. some. Uh, I got about six players that I think are, um, like very high that I put very high in my dynasty rankings currently. Yeah. Um, so there are lots to look forward into. To that 2023. is that's music to my ears, you know, because the last sort of two two years, all I've been doing is 
is just getting rid of all of my 22 picks and trying to get 23 picks and like as a replacement and you know now i'm feeling pretty sad because you know you're seeing all like the nice highlight <laughs> videos you see the drafts you're like oh no i don't have any i traded up to get Brees hall and i literally have not made another rookie pick yet i don't think because my drafts are going on but i just i'm not on the clock yet because i'm in round four um, so it's it's pretty sad now but i think next year i'll be i'll be pretty happy with all my 23 firsts yeah oh man I was not expecting Justin Fields to be on the board here. Wow. Justin Fields Great. is, yeah. At the back end of the third round, Justin Fields is still there. Matthew Stafford is still there. You know, Mark Andrews is still there. Even, you know, I don't think you'll take him now, but um, some really, really good prospects available there. And splitting the two quarterbacks, you got Stephon Diggs and T. Higgins still sitting there. And Brees right. Hall. There he is. Look at that. Our first rookie. There he is. Brees Hall yes. is sitting there as well. So, uh, I uh, actually put out some uh, rookie tiers and my top tiers uh, for, for this year's rookie class is Brees Hall, Traylon Burks, and Drake London. And we're going to try and nab all three of those guys in this draft. Mm, nice. Um, maybe we can plan it out a little bit in our heads here, but um, let's try and get all three of those guys. Nice. Um, so I think – just given where uh, Brees Hall's position, and I'm picking in a couple of spots here, mm-hmm. I think I'm gonna I think I'm gonna uh, go with Justin Fields here at the top. Yeah. Now, there's I'm of two minds here. Uh, the QBs, it's um, generally rookie or young QBs don't tend to produce very well, but they tend to be pretty expensive. Yeah. To start off, so this is where. Um, you know, a Matt Stafford PE would be way, way, way lower than a Justin Fields. But mm-hmm. here we're playing for what Justin Fields can be, not he is, what he is right now. Yeah. And um, Justin Fields is part of that um, that combo of rookies last year. I put uh, Trey Lance and Trevor Lawrence in there with him. But those, mm-hmm. you know, really good prospects, Konami guys that I think – could get into reach into that elite tier and when you get go from where we are here to that elite tier there's a ton of price appreciation um being a i'm from columbus ohio i'm a two-time buckeye grad so i got to see justin fields uh up up in the close up close and personal uh the guy is an amazing quarterback an amazing prospect i think the only hesitation from him is the supporting cast in Chicago. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. You have a, you have a, the turnover of, of um, the front office. Yeah. Turnover at coach. Um, what they did in the free agency and the draft doesn't necessarily give you too much optimism no. um, towards his outlook for this season. Um, but I just, I, I can't piss up, pa- pass up on the, the opportunity to draft a guy that, uh, where and we're in Superflex here, um, yeah. that can appreciate in so much value, and uh, I'd be fine um, also applying compounding to a guy like Justin Fields if you're not comfortable holding on to him. Um, so yeah. you know whatever the difference is in KDC between Justin Fields and I don't know what Kirk Cousins, or if you even want to go down less, you can go to Zach Wilson. Yeah, and probably pick up uh, a, a you know a first or something. 
that to do even, it. Even um, the two players there, like, you know, look at Justin Fields and just two slots below him is Matthew Stafford. I, I think you could get Matthew Stafford yeah. plus for Justin Fields. Right. And so this is where, like, the difference is between using value on your trades and thinking about how you want to incorporate that when you're drafting. Mm-hmm. When you're drafting, you're thinking about where the prices are. Uh, and you're, you're, you're actually maybe sometimes looking for those, those overvalued pieces that then yeah. you can then flip. And I yeah, think Justin Fields is a, is a good candidate where, you know, like maybe people are a little bit down on him, but like his prospect pile profile is, is pretty, pretty great. And he could be one of those guys that uh, his price appreciates just tremendously. So yeah, I I'll go with Justin agree. Fields. So let's get Justin Fields locked up. And we're hoping to not see any green flash up for Brees Hall. Oh, uh, I, think yes. we're, I think we're safe as it was Stafford and Stefan Diggs come off the board. Brees Hall is still there. I'm guessing we're not going to wait until the next round because he won't be there. Are we going to go for nope. the first rookie picked on the hot seat this year, Brees Hall? <laughs> this is the first rookie picked on the hot seat, Brees Hall. And you know what? He's the consensus uh, 1.01 in rookie drafts, and I think he deserves it. Um, yeah. He was a, a high-end producer in in college. I think there were some question marks about his athleticism, and then he goes to the um, the combine and just yeah. kind of blows that away. Yeah. And then there was no doubt. And then you go to the NFL draft, and you know there there were maybe some more favorable landing spots that he could have been in. Um, but I think what the Jets are building is it could be something special and, and yeah. the, the, the type of assets they're putting around Zach Wilson, I guess we'll find out pretty soon whether he's uh, can hang and, and, and is, is good or not. But I think, um, I think the setup here for Brees Hall um, is absolutely perfect. And I, I don't think I can wait another round. I think uh, you got to go with, go with Brees Hall this in the, in the fourth here. Yeah, the, the Jets are sort of rapidly becoming one of my, my favorite teams, you know, in, in the NFL. You know, I love you know Zach Wilson. I think he's great. And then, you know, after this draft, I mean, you could you could make the argument that they got the best running back, the best receiver, and the best corner in the draft. I mean, that is a slam dunk. So I think, yeah, Robert Salah and, and his team there are just doing a great job. And, and Brees yeah. Hall, he's going to be a star, I think. So let's get him in our team. That's right. And we got a bit of a wait now till we're all the way back in sort of the back end of round number five. And we're hoping to get those those three rookies. So we'll see if any of them pop up. Is Kenneth Walker? Well, Kenneth Walker going pretty high there in the fourth round. Um, coming off the board as the second rookie. Um, going above people like Travis Kelsey and, and DeAndre Hopkins, Devonta Smith. Well, wow, that's, that's pretty high for Kenneth Walker. Are you seeing him go that high in, in any of your drafts? Uh, yeah, I am. Um, I think rookie fever is in, in place here. But, yeah, I think um, so. I like I like Kenneth Walker. Um, he did he, he did did well in some of the some of the uh, metrics that I look at in terms of like yards created. Yeah. Um, and missed four tackles and stuff like that. Um, but uh, I worry about the landing spot. I know uh, in Seattle they like to pound the rock. Yeah. Um. But I really think um, Rashad Penny uh, might be the guy there for a majority of the season. Yeah. And I'm not so sure that we get the type of price appreciation, especially with him going 
as high as Brees Hall is, essentially, yeah. that you'd want to look for in drafting uh, a rookie running back at that at, in the in the fourth or fifth round. So that's kind of where I'm thinking about Kenneth Walker. Also, when I when I was doing my rankings, I had Walker um, two rounds behind that top tier, or two tier, yeah, two tiers down in my third tier. Yeah. Um, so that just kind of gives you an idea of you know. Obviously, I'd, I'd like to get him when I'm thinking about rookie drafts. I'd like to get him, but when, when he's going in the third or the fourth, um, that's not yeah. really where I'd, where I'd take him. Yeah, I, I completely agree with you with you there. And and here we are now sitting in the, the back end of the fifth round, and one of those names has, has popped up there. You guess. got some more rookies. Yeah, you got Traylon Burke sitting yeah. there. Um, yeah, I guess he's there. But he is a little bit. bit far down, but we got we got two picks you know, before we get to, we, we get back to our time on the on the board. So you got, you know, Josh Jacobs and Mac Jones and Michael Pittman sitting there before him. Is anyone else standing out to you? Um, yeah, you know, like Traylon Burks is just just throwing daggers right at me. I, I, that's the only one my eyes can gravitate to. But yeah. Uh, just going to the top of the board here, um, you know, um, I like Josh Jacobs. I really like mm-hmm. uh, him coming out. Um you have a new regime there. They drafted a guy named Zamir White, um, yep. and they didn't pick up Josh Jacobs' um, fifth-year option. That's I really like Zamir White. I really like Zamir White. Um, you know, he was taken in the fourth round, so he didn't really get the draft capital I was looking for. But it's sort of an interesting scenario. Um, you know, is Josh Jacobs going to be a Raider next year? Um, you know, one, one theory is that if he's not going to be a Raider, they, they really run him this year. Mm. as much value or best use out of him as they can um so you know he could be one of those sleeper picks but you just got to make sure you know you're selecting him at the right spot um i've never been too high on on mac jones i think he's a very adequate nfl qb yeah um i'm not sure uh, i i particularly like you know uh quarterbacks that have that sort of rushing upside to them mm. and um, i'm not sure mac jones gave you that um and then, you know, one, one thing I see, I see Traylon Burks. I'm, I'm also really high on Garrett Wilson. He's the top of the next tier. But I want to yeah. know where um, Drake, Drake London is. Could you look at the, just the wide receivers? I want to see yeah. how far down Drake London is. So Pretty far down. Um, he's, he's wedged in between yeah. Rashad Bateman and Marquise Brown at the minute. I would have him a little yeah. bit higher than that. I'd have him, yeah, more around your Jerry Judy Cortland Sutton area. Yeah, so I, I think I don't think that I'm going to be able to get Burks, Wilson, and London. So I, I think because I got London in that tier with Burks, I'm going to go Burks and then London, and I'm taking players that are lower on their ADP than um, than what you'd normally want to do. You'd kind of want to stick closer to the the, yeah. the top end of the ADP to, and see if yeah. you can get those guys to fall. But what what I'm what I'd kind of say here is these rookies uh, after the NFL draft, nobody knows really where to take them yet. I think mm-hmm. we haven't really figured out where the consensus is moving yet. Yeah. And um, if you get these, you know, these, the Drake London's, the Traylon Burks here, and they have really good off seasons, um, you know, their price could just appreciate from here. Yeah. Um, and, you know, like when uh, last year, for instance, you know, Jamar Chase, Start out rookie drafts in the fifth or sixth round. Uh, not sorry, start up drafts in the fifth or sixth round right after the draft. 
And by the time you get to the right before the season, you're having to take Jamar Chase in the second or third round. Um, and just yeah. that amount of appreciation you can get, especially at the top of the draft, um, then you can then you can do the compounding and and um, you know try trade Traylon Burks for a Marquise Brown and a first, yeah, or you know those types of those types of moves as you get closer. But um, you know Traylon Burks uh, and Drake London, that, those that's my next tier. Um, I'm super excited about Traylon Burks's um, um, landing spot. Uh, it kind of worked yeah. out um pretty well when his closest comp gets traded and, and then they draft him uh in aj brown to the eagles yeah and so you kind of know what his what, what his upside is potentially uh there and i'm not saying he you know starts out the game uh, uh starts out the year and he's automatically uh has aj brown upside but you know yeah. like the path to envision what he can become is is pretty easy for fantasy yeah. players to understand and I know um, the Titans is not historically a, a high volume passing um, offense, um, so you know basically you know the amount of targets he gets per game is is going to be lower than maybe some of the other some of the guys. But um, you know Burks is really good with the ball in his hands, and so yeah. just like AJ Brown, I think yeah, he can make the best of the opportunities that he's given. So even yeah. if I have to keep him on my team and his price doesn't appreciate, I think I, I like to have Burks on my team. So I'll go, I'll go with Burks for this pick. Yeah, Burks, I think, is a great pick. I mean, look, you're sitting, yeah, round number five, and AJ Brown is long gone. He's been picked a while ago, and Traylon Burks is going to get, you know, the majority of those targets that are left void from AJ Brown in Tennessee. So, yeah, great discount there on a player that, you know, you're right, he was calm to AJ Brown, and he's filling AJ Brown's shoes. Like, you know, he's, it's so clearly the replacement. Like, it's just, yeah, there's no, there's no need to overthink it. I don't think it's just, he's the guy now. He's the replacement. Let's, let's see what he can do. So we got him locked up and you were thinking maybe going Drake London now as well. You still thinking? Yeah. That so, or? yeah. So like uh, it, this is, this is a tough one. You know, like I came into this um, kind of hoping I can get trail on Burks, Brees Hall and Drake London. Yeah. Um, You know, like, the ADP here for dynasty nerds um, you're seeing guys like Garrett Wilson, you know, quite a bit higher than Drake London. Yeah. And I really like Garrett Wilson as a prospect, um, you know, a Buckeye, uh, somebody where I watched every one of his games. Yeah. You know, one of the things that, you know, I was a bit disappointed with through the draft evaluation process was um, his size um, he didn't quite line up with what OSU had, had said he was. Uh, he's a bit mm. smaller um, uh, from a weight perspective. That's something that yeah. I, I pay attention to. I, I like to look at when I look at rookies, I like to look at their, their production, their size, um, uh, you know, their age, those types of yeah. things, uh, and their athleticism. And mm. so I was a bit disappointed with, with Gary Wilson. That's why he's one tier below these guys, but he's the next in line. Yeah. And if I was being really cute, and I, you know, wanted to stick with this kind of rookie theme. I'd try and take Garrett Wilson here before Drake London. Um, but I'm going to go with what, how I, how I think that these these prospects should play out over time. And and um, Drake London is is a is a great prospect. Yeah. Um, he has it all. He has the size, the athleticism, um, the production in college was exactly what you'd want to see. He's mm-hmm. young. 
Um, and he goes to a team where I'm not exactly, you know, thrilled about the QB situation, the guy throwing him the ball. Yeah. But um, he's the clear cut number one um, on, from a wide receiver perspective. And then if you throw in the, the Pitts perspective where, you know, Pitts is a, a wide receiver playing tight end. Yeah. You know, it's it's going to be tough for defenses to stop these guys. If you queue in on one, the other one's going to get you. And whoever the third um, pass catcher in that offense ends up being, that that's one that I'd I'd pay attention to. But um, so for, from a QB perspective, you know, there looks like you know they're going with Mariota, uh, yeah. but they also drafted a guy named uh, Desmond Ritter. Yep. Who um, went in the the third round, I believe. Is that right? Um, yeah, he was talking. the. He was the second quarterback, second QB. I think, taken. Yeah. yeah. But generally, um, you know, when I when I think about QBs, I like to see QBs in the in the first round. Yeah. If you're past the first round, um, I I worry about you know, the, you getting replaced at some time. Yeah. Um. So this this season for for the Falcons, I imagine that they're not going to be very good. Um, and Mariota will at some point give up the reins to to Ritter. So that yep. they, the the front office can see what they have in him, and you know he can either be good or bad. But um, if he's bad, and the Falcons are bad, um, then you maybe get an elite QB next year to pair with your London and Pitts here. And so, then Calvin Ridley um, maybe comes back as well, and then it's just yeah. Then all of a sudden you're like, oh, this team's pretty good. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You get a you get a really good QB in there to pair with pair with those guys. Yeah. Yeah. And so I think I'm gonna go. This is this is definitely a reach, and it, you might be thinking rookie fever here, but I think <laughs> I'm gonna go with London so I secure my 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 top tier of the rookies yeah. that I'm I'm looking to get. Love it, and you know, in the sort of run six, you've you've achieved your goal. You come in with That's the right. plan and. You know, I think it's great to have That's a plan right. in, in rookie drafts as well. I'd be like, this is what I want to do with my team. And you've gone out there and you've done exactly that. And, you know, people like Garrett Wilson now coming coming off the board as we're, we're waiting for the back end of our number 11. And, you know, those people yeah. we talked about earlier, like Sutton and, and Jerry Judy, I'm sure will be off the board pretty soon as well. And here we go. The end of round number 11. Uh, I've just got wide receivers on. I'll turn all the positions yeah. on. So we can see who we got. Rashad Bateman is sitting there. Oh, actually, no, Rashad Bateman, that was right where Drake London. So there was a chance that actually Drake London may not have come back to there. So, yeah, it looks like an excellent pick taking Drake London there. You may have thought it was a reach, but, you know, you never know in the hot seat. You never know what's going to happen. So, so yeah, I really (laughs) like that pick. You must be pretty pleased with it now. Oh yeah, I'm, I'm I'm happy I got that. And you know what? I'm really happy to see. I'm re- happy to see Rashad Bateman at the top of this board yep. here. Um, so there's a couple things I'm thinking about here. Um, I kind of went rookie heavy here or young mm-hmm. heavy, so mm-hmm. I want to make sure that at least some of my team has some production. So I'm thinking about guys at the quarterback um, in rounds eight, nine, and ten of how how I can fill out those players. Yeah. Um, so my room right now is Deshaun Watson and Justin Fields. Yeah. Um, Watson might not play for half a season, and Justin Fields is in a tough situation. So yeah. When I think about who I want for for my quarterback room, I'm thinking guys that are producers. So could you click on QBs? I'm thinking guys like um, potentially Derek Carr, 
Um, yeah, Tom Brady is uh, still there. Tom no, there's, Brady, there's the Tom honor Brady. system in, in play on, on the hot seat, which is, yeah. you know, Tom Brady's ADP took a plummet when he, you know, retired and he's sort of right. creeping back up now. So it's, you know, some people have just left and be like, I'll take Tom Brady in the 16th round. And other people yeah. will be like, no, I'll do the honorable thing and take him earlier. So it's, yeah. it's up to you completely what you do. Yeah, so so uh, it looks like Derek Carr is far enough where I can get him potentially two rounds later. Yeah. Um, and Tom, I could maybe get him in the eighth or the ninth, and I could get Tom Brady in the ninth or the tenth yeah. and be perfectly safe. Yeah. Uh, I'm not exactly sure where Tom Brady's ADP is, but when you think about like how much time he has left from a yeah. dynasty perspective, I wouldn't be draft him in the fourth or fifth round so no. i think you know eighth ninth or tenth probably makes sense and um because of my qb situation i might um um do that and um you know if if and when deshaun watson comes back from a suspension then i can take tom brady and and flip him at some time but i think i'm yeah. getting a little bit ahead of myself uh i think uh that name that came up at the very top deshaun Bateman. is just calling my name is one of my favorite um wide receivers in last year's class and he had a really great um fall camp and he ended up with an injury yes Uh, that's right and um you know the the hype was real there and then you have um a draft well i guess also happened last year was lamar jackson um was in and out of games because he was he was injured for some reason. yeah um so um, you, here comes draft day and um, there's a huge trade where Marquise Brown heads over to play with his uh, former college teammate out in Arizona, Kyler Murray. Yeah. And, um, and now you have this sort of wide receiver one opening here uh, for the taking, not to say that he wasn't going to be the wide receiver one before, but yeah, uh, man, that, that is a, that's a great spot to be in. And, and clearly Lamar Jackson um, you know, it, maybe his favorite target might be that Mark Andrews. That seems yeah. like he feeds him the ball quite a bit, and that's what happened last year. But um, Rashad Bateman, I think, can be a, a, a great um, wide receiver number one for the for the Ravens for a long time, and you're playing with um, with Lamar Jackson. Um, and so I think I think you have to go with Rashad Bateman here. Yep. Um, where we were in the we're six, at the back seven, end of the seventh, seventh. yeah and yeah Rashad so we get a pick seems, again really quick yeah. Here. yeah so let's get Rashad Bateman locked in and you know you're right you don't you don't trade away Hollywood Brown if you don't believe in Rashad Bateman so I think yeah he's yeah. going to get plenty of targets and and plenty of work and you know that's a great addition to our team and yeah like you said we're swiftly back on the board again most of those players are still there who do we lose well Baker Mayfield and Michael Thomas so not much to write about <laughs> um, so yeah we're we're doing pretty well still here we got Carson Wentz still at the top Matt Ryan still there at the top as well as Brandon Ayuk and yeah people like Mike Williams who I still think so undervalued um uh, just for the production that he had last year so is anyone standing out to you on the board there yeah so um you know kind of the way this draft is playing out i've kind of been setting myself up here for sort of a productive struggle kind of um, mm-hmm. um team i haven't been picking the producers and i can change that pretty quick by you know selling some of these higher price guys for some producers 
Mm-hmm. Um, but ordinarily, I'd be looking at um, like uh, a guy like James Conner mm-hmm. as my RB2 guy, um, who's a huge producer. Mm-hmm. I would just be worried about like the longevity there. Um, I've kind of been sticking away from Clyde Edwards Hilaire. Um, uh, and, and Miles, Miles Sanders, it seems like, um, is in a good position this year after the draft. Um, so, you know, he wasn't uh, a big loser from the draft. So he, he's something, somebody I consider, um, the two wide receivers up here, Brandon, Ayuk and, and, and Jameson Williams that we didn't talk about. We talked about Mike Williams. Yeah. Um, Ayuk is somebody I'm, I'm pretty, was pretty high on. He had a, a fantastic rookie season. Mm-hmm. Um, and then somehow ended up in the doghouse um, uh, for a second yeah. season. And I'm not exactly sure what that was about. And um, towards the middle of the season, toward, and yeah, the end, yeah. he started producing again. Yeah, he crept but, back towards the end, which is promising. But yeah, I'm still worried about that. You know, the way yeah, that he was too. just outed. Me too. And uh, so I think uh, looking down here, it looks like Derek Carr is for, far enough down yeah. and behind four other QBs that I can wait around on Derek Carr. Um, so now it just comes down to, you know, like, do I want one of these, uh, in a sense, guys that can get to the, is maybe be RB2s mm. in CEH, Miles Sanders or James Conner, uh, maybe even Cream Hunt, or do I want to try and take another shot on one of these wide receivers? Um, and we didn't talk at all about Jameson Williams. Um, Jameson Williams, believe it or not, he was he was also the, un, the unhappiest man in Las Vegas. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> oh, his face was priceless. Like, just <laughs> oh, yeah, poor. I'm sure he's happier now that things have settled in. But yeah, he was not happy on the back to to end up in Detroit. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah so he uh, he he was a former Buckeye too. Um, mm. He was he was with uh, Chris Olave and Garrett Wilson, all under uh, Brian Hartline at, at Ohio State. And, um, you know, he, he made the, the correct decision to transfer down to Alabama and then just blew yeah. up. Um, and he has a very, like, particular skill set um, that I think the NFL is, is really high on. And I'm not exactly sure what the plans are in, in Detroit. Um, mm-hmm. where where this all shakes out with at the main position. I was so uh, tempted to say neither are they, but I'll know. <laughs> <laughs> like... <laughs> so, so Jared Goff, I, I mean, uh, they're not getting out of, out of that position. or that uh, They're probably going to use him for the rest of this, this year, I'd imagine. Yeah, I think so. Um, but however that shakes out, um, you know, I, I look for the QB situation to probably – probably change um and then jameson williams is, is you know he he got hurt and uh, last mm, year that's right um and so you're gonna be waiting for i'm not sure exactly when he's gonna get back but you know call it six games where you're not gonna get to use him because it was an um, S- was that an sel injury he had i think it was his acl uh you'll yeah. have to confirm that but i i think it was his acl yeah um uh, it, it was in the I think it was in the championship game that that happened. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, um, you know, that, that's somebody that's just sort of like intriguing and Hey man, we're, we've been going all rookies. Um, so why not like 
just continue to add here. Yeah. Uh, I, I, got, I guess I got the – my seat's getting too hot, and I got the rookie fever here. <laughs> um, but here, here's, here's my perspective on this. Um, Jameson Williams, when you look at KTC, is way higher than these guys that I'm looking at mm. the rest of the board here. Um, and so let's say, you know, we get through the season and, and maybe Jameson Williams is, you know, rehabbing and he's going to come back sooner than what people are thinking. And he's got that first round hype and, you know, people get excited for him. Yeah. And then we do the compounding thing again and we take Jameson Williams and, change, and trade him in for Brandon Cooks. It's like you were talking about before and pick yeah. up a first on that. Yeah. You used that pendulum um, you were second. talking about. Yeah. That's right. And so I, I think, um, right now, um, we don't know where to dra draft rookies in ADP. And I think uh, by the time the season gets started, some of these rookies might be pushed up in their ABT mm. a lot higher than they are right now. Yeah. And so if I kind of take advantage of some of that and, um, and take him with, with my eighth pick here, and then yeah. I'll, I'll be looking at, at Derek Carr uh, for my ninth to kind of show up that, that QB room. Amazing. So let's get let's get another rookie locked in. Yeah, I love this. The, the rookies are available and immediately we're we're taking them left, right, and center. So I'll I'll love it. Let's get right. let's get Jameson Williams locked up. Um, we want to see as little red as possible on the screen. We don't want to see any quarterbacks That's coming right. off. We certainly don't want to see Derek Carr oh. coming off. Matt Ryan's just gone. You know, can you feel like the temperature increasing every time you see a little flash of red <laughs> in the hot seat? Just let's get that little two degrees warmer. Uh, Carson Wentz has just gone off the boards, but it looks like we might be okay as we're swimming back in. As pick nine goes, pick 10 goes. Ooh, pick 10 was Jimmy Garoppolo. Oof. So just a little teaser at the end. No, no and I, don't, I doubt that this is where the, the simulators yeah. don't, yeah, don't no, do as well because nobody's going to yeah. take Jimmy Garoppolo over some of these other guys that are, no, are no. You know, have the starting spot. So. Yeah, so you got a you got a welcome break there for you know for taking all these rookies and doing everyone a favor, you know, and picking from the eleventh spot and entertaining the fans. That's you got a break from from hey. the from the simulator. Thank you. So here's <laughs> so here's here's my thinking on Derek Carr, right? So I wrote about it in the Intelligent Investor, which mm. um, I wrote that Derek Carr was a sell, mm. um, and um, and that was after. Devonte Adams trade so I thought like you know you know he produces at a certain level then you then he gets Devonte Adams and you know everybody gets really excited about what what his season could look like yeah. he's going to be at the back end of, of QB1 here um but it, I you know like there's even been concerns about you know Derek Carr sticking around and in, in, in for the Raiders I don't, I don't think the, I think those concerns have kind of gone away given yeah. you know the commitment they made with Devonte Adams so that's there but um, when you're looking at KTC Derek Carr's price is way higher than Kirk Cousins mm. Kirk Cousins went a few rounds before this yeah um, I think he went in the seventh and that's mm -hmm. just like nobody gives Kirk Cousins uh, any any props for continually putting up those those back-end QB1 seasons yeah um and so here's here's a situation where you kind of can take advantage of the circumstances, right? I'm getting um, Derek Carr in the eighth round. You know, maybe maybe he lights it up with Devonta Adams, and then I sell him for, um, you know, I yeah can can prove out you know, using trade calculators, and I, I can I can sell him for 
for Kirk Cousins and and some more draft capital yep. um, down the line. Um, so I think Derek Carr is is uh, from a QB perspective is the highest KTC price guy left, and somebody you know if if things kind of pan out the right way, you can you can use to to trade for maybe even a, a sturdier guy like like Kirk Cousins. Yeah, yeah, I think Derek Carr's just been been great value on here. He's sort of crept up as well. He's crept up on on the shows we've watched, but yes, getting him in, you know, the back end of the ninth round is absolutely great. And you're right, you know, you can take advantage of that that pendulum. I really like that analogy you give in the in the first first segment of that pendulum. You know, really just take advantage of that when it's up here, and you know. And it's amazing. I'm always amazed by what can actually swear that pension. Like it might be a video of Derek Carr and Devontae Adams having breakfast together. And people are like, oh, it's just like Cooper. Like things like that. It's amazing how easily the pendulum does swear. So yes, it's yeah, getting getting that times just right and, and selling when you have a chance or buying when you have a chance. And here we are in the 10th round with, you know, one of the big winners of the draft. Um Daryl Mooney sitting up at the top, you know, Chicago, like we talked about earlier, didn't really do too much to strengthen that wide receiver room. And you know, you have Justin Fields already. And is that is that a strategy you have? I know some people like to do that, like have those stacks and then have those pairings of players. Is that something you lean into or is it just kind of something that you'd fall into by chance? Um, no, I definitely look for um com- combining and, and stacking. Yeah. Um, sort of when when there's when it's the right situation. So like last year, um, as much as I could, uh, I stacked the Bengals. Yeah. Um, you know, Jamar Chase was a rookie, so you didn't have to spend a first round pick on him. It, and then at, at that time, Joe Burrow was coming off of a tough uh, uh, knee injury. Leg That's injury. right. Yeah. Um, so you had the ability to to take that and and. Um, and and stack it and when when you have those opportunities um now now um offenses like chicago um where you know like you're kind of worried about the sort of the situation and the available uh you know what what the what the opportunity looks like around them yeah that makes it a little bit tougher um to Mm -hmm. do that and then um, from a stacking perspective, uh, generally, like, you know, you like to do stuff like that in, in best ball, where that becomes more of a priority. Yeah. Um, as opposed to maybe just straight dynasty where you're kind of setting positions each week. Um, and so that, that was, that's definitely something I think about. Um, and, and Darnell Mooney being at the top is definitely sort of catching my eye. Can we look and see um, uh, my team here, what it looks yeah, like? Yeah, of course. Uh, where the positions are so let's have a look you've got your your three quarterbacks sort of locked up three excellent quarterbacks so you got one running back Brees hall and you've got your four wide receivers with burks and london and bateman and jameson williams and then that one tight end that you wanted to get at the start kyle pitts so you know lots of youth lots of you know great players sitting there already right so uh, i generally don't like to spend too much value or capital on um on the next running back especially if i don't feel like they're like have very good chances so i'm looking at kind of like chase edmonds and ramonde stevenson and i'm thinking you know although i could potentially use a running back at this spot i'm not really liking you know any of these guys opportunities for the the, their prices to appreciate too much i mean yeah ramonde was one of the guys that i was 
pretty high on, but um, the Patriots drafted two new backs to add to Ramonde yeah. and um, and Damian Harris there. Yeah. And you just worry like, okay, so what, what is that going to give you? You know, you need these guys, you need these guys to get out on the field so that their price can appreciate. Yeah. Um, and I would be just be kind of worried about that situation. Um, Darnell Mooney um, to me wasn't uh, didn't grade out very well in, in my prospect profile. Um, however, he's, uh, performed fairly well and and that might yep. just be like the the sense of of just being able to have the opportunity to be the number one guy and maybe he's really good but um really he's just been the best guy on a on a team with not very good <laughs> wide receivers so far yeah so i'm not exactly sure um how good or not good he is um you know one one guy, a couple guys that stand out to me here, uh, Juju Smith-Schuster and Rondell Moore. Um, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm pr- I was pretty high on Rondell Moore. Um, kind of being a one-on-one guy, he's pretty short. Um, yeah. <laughs> but, you know, from a, from a prospect perspe- profile, profile perspective, he, you know, broke out really young. Um, his production was just off the charts for, you know, his first season, which you like to see. Um, he tested very well from an athletic perspective. Um, so it just came down to kind of his size and it, it wasn't that, you know, generally, you know, wide receivers tend to be a a certain size or above. It's Mm. just that we just haven't seen very many people, very, very many guys with his, um, production, uh, and draft capital at his size, um, in the NFL. So everybody's just sort of worried that he's sort of an outlier. Um, I'm not really thrilled about the the um, the spot, given that uh, Marquise Brown is is there now, and then mm. you uh, you know you have Dondre Hopkins that ended up getting suspended He's for six minutes. Yes, and then you have AJ Green there, um, and uh, a couple tight ends. So you know, like Kyler Murray runs a a, a pretty productive offense. Uh, yeah. You just worry about like you know what 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 could be there for him from a production perspective. Yeah. Um. And then and then the K- Kansas City's offense that sure is really interesting because um, you have Tyreek Hill moving to to Miami and then he get his production gets divvied up between um, MVS, uh, Juju, McCole Hardman. I mean, does it? Chiefs fan, I'm I'm just not thrilled about the prospect of MVS. Like I'm, I'm just yeah, I'm sort of a bit, and that's yeah. I actually seen Christian Watson there. I was going to speak about Christian Watson too, and then yeah, you know, is that the fear with him that he is just going to be the MVS replacement? Yeah, I mean that is that's so definitely something to consider. I think from. Um, Christian Watson's perspective, I was just not thrilled with his his prospect profile. Um, you know, smaller school it's so um, hard didn't to produce tell, right? didn't mm-hmm. produce very much. I mean, I think you know through the 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 draft process, people got a little bit more comfortable with how he could how competitive he could be. But like, I just, that's just one of those guys that he landed. He got the lottery t- 
ticket on the landing spot. But yeah. if you didn't have that landing spot lottery ticket, I'd be like, I wouldn't put a high probability on, on a success other than he gets to play with, play with Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. So, you know, I think this is, this is kind of a, a weird spot. I, I really don't like anybody on the board here. I think what I'm going to do is I, I think I'm going to go with Tom Brady here. Nice. Um, and that, uh, this is this is this is the tenth round. So, you know, we were we were talking potentially um, somewhere in the eighth, ninth, tenth range. So I yeah. think I'm going to go with Tom Brady here. And what I'm playing for here, obviously, I don't think that um, I don't think that uh, he's going to be around forever. Um, what is he? Almost fifty years old now. But he's, he's, he's still he, putting up a eight hundred, nine hundred. Yeah. Like he's, <laughs> yeah. He's still putting up elite, elite seasons. And yeah. what you do here is his price is low. So mm-hmm. I imagine if he if he's good again for another season, his price will appreciate tremendously. Mm-hmm. More so than anybody I could see on the board right there. And um, you know, you find one of those teams that is um, you know, competitive and doesn't have a QB and yeah. needs one. Yeah. And then you sell them for a first or second. Uh, whatever whatever the best you can get is next year I, you probably wouldn't get a first obviously but maybe you can get a you know a high second for him um for yeah. the team that's you know wants to sell out and 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 win it all or you um, might be able to send brady and the second for a first like just kind of exactly. give a little bit extra yeah yeah couldn't agree more and so like that's the guy where like the price doesn't necessarily match out with what it could be um halfway through the season yeah. Uh, so I think I'm gonna I'm gonna take that and I'm gonna kind of secure up my QBs here, so that I'm Love good that. to roll. And you know, we also you know my I took chances on QB. I took Deshaun Watson, who you know could be out half the season. Who knows? Could be out a full season. You don't yeah. know. And and I took a chance on Justin Fields that he maybe gets to that elite potential. But if those two are misses, I yeah. still have Derek Carr and Tom Brady. And the you know the rule that a lot of your guy the, the tips that a lot of your guys their former guests said was you got to make sure you secure the qb and yeah, so absolutely you don't want to be trying to trade for qbs because they're almost impossible to get so yeah yeah i love that and yeah tom brady perfect to come in and the slot right in and when Deshaun watson suspended and not playing you're playing tom brady which is yeah you're not going to notice too much of a point differential so you know, that's an amazing quarterback locked up. And now you don't really need to worry about your quarterback room in terms of how your team is. You know, you can always pick those guys up for value. Um, but yeah, yep. you're you're pretty happy at quarterback. And we are now sitting at the back end of the 11th round, pick 11 and round 11. And, you know, Robert Woods sitting up at the top. I don't think... So, Robert Woods, is he's, that's kind of got under the radar, right? Like Robert Woods went to Tennessee and now... AJ Brown's not there anymore. You know, I know they've obviously drafted his replacement, but could it be that they traded away AJ Brown because they think Robert Woods is so good? Or is that just kind of reaching a bit? It could be. It could be. Um I I've particularly always thought Robert Woods has been uh fairly undervalued throughout mm-hmm. most of his career. Mm-hmm. Um you know, somebody that produces quite a bit, but you could always pick up later. I mean, we're sitting in the eleventh um, round. round here. Yeah. Now you worry about the injury and coming back, um, but I mean, the same thing can be said about Keenan Allen. Um, yeah. 
those are guys, you know, if you're in a compete now mode and you're not drafting all these rookies like I am kind of doing this productive struggle type of thing, um, you know, uh, you know, those type of the guys would be the guys that I'd have high on my list is guys that produce really well that you can get a few rounds later than you normally would. And they'd show up really well on um, the PE metric. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, and so, you know, those are the B guys that I, I would use my high price guys to kind of target those guys and then, uh, and then hopefully get some price appreciation after they start playing and earning points. Uh, yeah. So the, the guys that stick out to me right now are uh, um, Christian Kirk mm-hmm. and Sky Moore. On yeah. Uh, I'd also uh, venture George Pickens there at the bottom. Yes. Uh-huh. Um, so Sky Moore, I have pretty high uh, in my process, uh, prospect evaluation. I actually have him ranked um, right around or right below Garrett Wilson. So in that second tier. Um, and remember Garrett Wilson, that was a, that was a, he, we needed to get him in the, in the fifth round if we wanted. Yeah, exactly. Or six, round. six runs on. And, and yeah. Sky Moore and now we're getting where... now we're getting Sky Moore who you know <coughs> didn't didn't get the the major hype of being a, a top first round pick didn't come from the the pedigree of an Ohio State mm. um you know it wasn't like a Debbie or Darling or anything like that um but he's a very very good prospect and he produced really well in college it's kind of yeah. what you're looking for and yeah. he also gets the he it's got the, the golden uh, ticket. Landing, landing spot lottery. Now it was a little later than we thought it would be, but mm-hmm. um, you know he still uh, he still was drafted and got the draft capital he needed. Um, yeah. To know that you're good, they're going to use him. Uh, now the question is, how does the depth chart play out in Kansas City? And clearly, like the offense runs through Travis Kelsey, yeah. So that's not going to change. Um, and then, you know, we kind of alluded to this before, but you picked up Juju and MVS and then you had Nicole Hardman and it's not quite, I'm not quite sure how all that plays out. Like who earns what, what the starting spot is. Um, Uh, I would, I would hazard a guess, you know, like, uh, yeah, Chiefs fan. I, I think we're going to see a lot less Nicole Hardman this year because he just constantly has these blunders and these moments and they often turn a game and you know, then Mahomes has to come back and rescue it. I, yeah, I would like to see McCall Hardman appear less and less and Sky Moore, you know, take, you know, some of the Tyreek Hill shares and then almost all of McCall Hardman's, you know, shares <laughs> as well. That would, that would be ideal for me. Yeah. Oh uh, yeah. So, um, so our lads, the depth chart, you know, I kind of talked about having that up yeah. as something to refer to. Um, they have MVS, McCole Hardman as the two outside ones, and then they have Juju in the slot, and then yeah. they have projecting Sky Moore behind Juju. Okay. And so that's that's kind of the the first level thinking there, right? It's like where do all these guys kind of fit? Mm. But I'm not so sure that that's exactly how Andy Reid thinks of all this stuff. No. Um, and I'm not sure that MVS and McCole Hardman, like you were saying, are necessarily like your go-to starters 
Now they might be the starters on, on opening day, mm-hmm. but um, you know, I, I think a guy like Sky Moore can come in and outproduce right away uh, if given the opportunities. Yeah. Um, you know, MVS, you know, played a few years with Aaron Rodgers and from a fantasy perspective was just kind of mediocre. Um, yeah. And uh, McCole Hardman, you know, you can, you can make the argument, uh, you know, you're behind Tyree Kill and Travis Kelsey and there really wasn't, but I saw him got out, being outperformed and outplayed by some of the, you know, the third and fourth numbered wide receiver in the top chart. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so like, I, if I was owners of those two guys uh, or, you know, if I had MVS or McCole Hardman, I wouldn't be so sure that those are locked in starters. Um, and so right here, I'd like to kind of take a, a chance on, on Sky Moore as being the guy that actually could end up, you know, he gets the draft capital and he could yeah. end up, you know, eventually taking out uh, one of those guys to be a starter. And, I, and I'm not sure exactly how, it all plays out. Um, yeah. you know, they currently have Juju slotted at the slot, which I think we learned that he's better there. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think you can mix and match and play it. Maybe the way, not the way that people are, you know, conventional wisdom would say it would go. And I think Skymore could, could end up being, you know, the best option at wide receiver um, for yeah. Kansas City. Yeah, and yeah, you're just talking about, you know, conventional wisdom and, you know, Andy Reid is anything but conventional. So I think he's going to be used in lots of really fun and really, really interesting ways. So I think Sky Moore is a, is a great pick here. I'm certainly very excited to see him play, you know, for, for my Chiefs and to see, you know, what he can do. And, you know, even like Travis Kelsey, you know, I was listening to like the Danny Snow's podcast and Rich Johnson said, you know, Travis Kelsey's like, he's not on the back nine. He's like on the 18th green putting. Like he's <laughs> almost done. Like he is this close. So yeah, that's going to free up, you know, hundreds of targets. You know, I don't know how many targets Travis Kelsey gets, probably 5,000 a year. But it's, yeah, it's, yeah, there's a lot of targets to be freed up in the next couple of years as well for Sky Moore to have. Yep. Oh, yeah. Uh, that's got to be exciting for you. I mean, you're not exactly sure, you know, how you feel about the the Tyreek leaving aspect of it, but it's it's got to be exciting to see what they can do yeah. with, with these guys. And it's it's you know, I, I was pretty high on Sky Moore. I, I'm glad that they 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 got him and they give him an opportunity. Um, and and yeah. there's nothing to say that next year they can't, um, you know, if, if MVS or McCall Hardman don't kind of don't live up to you know what the expectations are that they don't you know, hit the wide receiver again next year. And then you're looking at a, an offense that could be Travis Kelsey, Sky Moore, Juju, and, you know, yeah, I don't know if they'll fall that low, but, <laughs> but yeah, that, that would, that would be what I'm kind of look, thinking about. Um, yeah. But maybe like, I don't know, like a, a Jordan Addison or a Josh Downs or something like that, you know, yeah, it's, it's 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 it feels like a bit more of a rebuilding process now, and yeah, it's you know I I've you know at the start I was you know gutted when he obviously seen Tyreek Hill leave, and 
But you know, you, you, how can you not believe in, in Andy Reid and, and this team all around him and you know Mike Feach and all the guys there? They do a great job. So you just gotta trust the process and you know hope that you know everybody comes out the other side, you know, smell like roses like the Chiefs seem to have done the past couple of years. So yeah, I, I'm finally feeling like I'm over the Tyree Kill trade. And, you know, Sky Moore coming in has has helped ease that blow a little bit. So yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited to see what happens and and who you know ends up you know being the star in that offense. You know, apart from Travis Kelsey. Oh yeah, definitely. All right, and we're in the twelfth round now. We've got you know some interesting players sitting up at the top there. Hunter Renfro obviously coming off a great season. More competition there now. You know, Malik Willis is sitting there as well. Are you thinking, right, Malik Willis, you talked about, obviously, the theme of this show has kind of been this pendulum, right? And, you know, four weeks ago, Malik Willis was all the way up at the top. And now Malik Willis is all the way down here, you know, the opposite end of it. What what are you thinking about his value? Is it time to, you know, jump in and grab him at this stage because his value is lower than anyone ever guessed it would be? Or have people actually found out that he was never that good? <laughs> yeah, um... Well, I don't know if he's never that good. I don't know. I don't know what that is. I, I think yeah. the, the NFL has certainly spoken, though. Yeah. Um, and the, you know, not getting, not being drafted until the third round. I think, um, I think that tells you what you need to know mm-hmm. about um, these quarterbacks. And it wasn't just Malik Willis; it was um, Ritter. Yeah. And um, and how and. Uh, well, even Carson Strong didn't even get. Did Carson Strong even get drafted? Strong, he get picked up after. Strong wasn't. Oh, Strong wasn't drafted, and Matt Corral, Matt Corral too. Yeah. Uh, and so, generally, like here's 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 the rub, though, right? So, like QBs is a position where your price can appreciate tremendously if you get an opportunity to start. Yeah. Um, the problem with these guys is, you know. Um, generally something that makes you secure at the quarterback position is being drafted in the first round. You get a lot more opportunities if you don't play as well. Mm -hmm. So basically these guys that get drafted in the third round, call it, um, or second round or whatever, um, something similar to like what a Davis Mills is um, from last year where, you know, the guy gets the opportunity, um, you know, people, you know, pay a decent price for him. Uh, but there's always this overhang of, well, next year, are they going to replace me with, you know, the CJ Stroud, yeah. um, the Bryce Young? Um, yeah. And, you know, something like Jalen Hurts, whose value went up tremendously after the draft because of what they were able to, you know, put as a supporting cast for him. Yeah. You know, even up until last year, there was just concerns about you know is he going to get replaced and i think they're even still trying to decide if they if they want to replace him. i think so and, yeah. and he wasn't he was not drafted in the first round so i think um like you know from my perspective you want to kind of stick to qbs that have been especially when they're when they're young have been drafted in the first round because they kind of get some, a little bit of leeway because mm. it's not easy when you're young to come in and, and be a good nfl qb so you need you need the time to time to get better yeah, um, absolutely. And so, so Malik Willis, Matt Corral, Desmond Ritter, those are all guys that I'm kind of avoiding. Now, when you think about rookie drafts and you can get one of in a, in a super class rookie draft and you can get one of them way lower than you thought you would, you'd want to take the shot because they, their price can appreciate if they start any games next yeah. season. 
yeah. I see Malik Willis go at two twelve today. He went at two twelve in one of my drafts today. I was like, oh, you know, that is obviously I'm sitting in the fourth round, like I talked about. So I'm just looking and going, oh wow, that's yeah, but yeah, yeah, that's the lowest I've seen him go so far. So yeah, just something to think about, like, and maybe like players you think have better upside, but like you know, you you can create tremendous price appreciation from some of these QBs, but. You know, from my perspective, I kind of got the QBs. I've taken all my bets there, and I kind of shirted it up with getting some bets there. So yeah. I'm not really paying attention to too many of the QBs. And yeah. I personally am kind of avoiding the the Malik Willis, Matt Corral, yeah. Desmond Ritter, even though, you know, there's a potential for price appreciation. Um, yeah. I kind of avoid them for those reasons. Um, so – I, I one name that sticks out here, you know, keep sticking with the rookie theme. I also really uh, like Christian Kirk. Yeah, um, that that's kind of like the follow the money situation. I don't yeah. think you know Trevor Lawrence is kind of getting a bad rap. I think maybe his rookie year can be a throwaway year, given everything that that happened um, with the mm-hmm. head coach and and with yeah. the organization and maybe the support he got. Uh, but they they definitely gave him some support this year, and and you might argue that maybe these aren't the the top tier, um, uh, top tier guys at, at each of the position, but um, they certainly pay them pay them like top tier guys. Um, Christian yeah. Kirk was a guy that I, I really liked coming out of the draft, and he was kind of meddling in on the um, on Arizona's depth chart. Mm-hmm. Um, and last year, um, you know, uh, kind of on and off again, he had some really really good games, and um, I think that he could be something that that that's worth something that can produce now. Um, they paid him like a wide receiver one. I think Trevor Lawrence is a lot better than what people, you know, the kind of the, how people are down on him this year. Yeah. And I think the offense could be a lot better. You're getting um, ETN, Travis ETN back. Yeah. I was pretty high on. Um, and so, uh, you know, again, it's a, it's a question mark offense, uh, but it, it could be one of those interesting ones where, you know, you kind of stack those guys at the later rounds of your draft if you're thinking about best ball where you can kind of all stack them together and you get some pretty cheap yeah. options. Mm-hmm. Christian Kirk could be the end of that stack. Um, also, George Pickens, he's somebody that I have a pretty high opinion of mm-hmm. um, as, a, as a dynasty player or as a, as a, as a um, prospect. Um, I think he's got the talent level to be uh, a wide receiver one. He had injury late in his career in his third season um, mm-hmm. that he worked his way himself back and ended up playing a little bit in the in the final game um, um, which kind of shows uh, you think, like that's that's good dedication as well right he didn't like he didn't need to do that like he just yeah he was he could have just sat out like and didn't have to come back for that last game he could have just made sure he was ready for the NFL because he's going to get drafted but you know, the fact that he did that is, is a good sign of how hard he's working and how much he just wants to play football. Exactly. And, um, you know, there, there are some, like, uh, potentially some uh, character concerns from him. I don't know anything about that, but I, what, I, what I'd say is it definitely, it seemed like it pushed his um, draft stock down a little bit, whereas normally, he, or if those weren't there, maybe he would have gone in, a, in the first round. Um, and then uh, the landing spot, yeah. I'm not exactly crazy about um, because I'm not crazy about the the QB situation there. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought I thought Kenny Pickett um, 
was the um, best QB of the bunch and that he went in the first round um, generally gives him higher odds of success than the, the rest of the group that went in the third round. Yeah. Um, I like to use this um, analytical model at the football outsiders called QBase, and they publish it. And um, Kenny Pickett scored a zero on that. If you're positive, <laughs> you're, you're, if you're positive, you're really good. If you're negative, uh, okay. not that good. So um, zero is okay. Of, the rest, the rest of the QBs were negative. Yeah. Kenny Pickett was the best when it came on that model and he gets first round draft capital. Um, so I imagine um, it seems like they're going to go with Trubisky um, yeah. this season, or at least for the first part of the season. But I got to imagine what they put into. I mean, maybe you have another Trey Lance situation, but um, they put in a first round draft capital. I think they like him. I think he'll start playing, but I'm not sure whether he's good or not. Um, he definitely yeah. is a lot lower in my prospect model than the QBs last year. So Fields, Lance. Um, uh, Trevor Lawrence and even um, Zach Wilson so I'm not too high on that but you know one thing to keep in mind is Pittsburgh does do a good job of finding good wide receivers yeah Um, and so I'm not exactly sure how Claypool pans out Um, you know he's the jury set out Deontay Johnson is pretty good but I think there could be a spot for George Pickens on that offense Um, so you know, somebody I have a pretty good high opinion on from a, a prospect perspective and, you know, not a great landing spot, but, um, you know, a, a place where you succeed. The one yeah, question just, I have for you is I, I don't think I have any running backs. I, I have Brees Hall, but I don't think I address running backs. Yeah, I think you've I just really, got Brees Hall. Yep. I don't really like the running backs on the on the screen, so maybe we can click on the running backs tab and maybe see if we can find maybe uh, Rashad White or something like that down there. Oh, um, yeah. Well, there he is right away. Rashad White is, is sitting right there. And Ronald Jones is there as well. Um, is anyone else standing out on that list? No. James Cook is sitting there. James He's Cook. an interesting yeah. prospect. Yeah. So, obviously, I'm scanning and looking the rookies since kind of I've I've adapted this uh, rookie <laughs> yeah. rookie jack, which you're not supposed to do. Don't don't do this. If you're, if you're doing if you're, if you're doing a productive struggle, don't. That, that, I guess maybe something like this is fine. But like if you you kind of want to be at least a little, somewhat competitive, so you like you sprinkle yeah. the rookies in there the, if you want, and you, you kind of get yeah. your your other producers or whatever. But like when I started, you know, when I was saying from the beginning, I think people don't know where to where to draft these rookies yet. Yeah, And so I think all these rookies could be increasing their ADP even over the next few months. And so you can make trades. Um, yeah, and that's easy. what, that's what I'd be kind of looking to do here with some of these that, you know, I kind of get out of some of these spots. So uh, yeah, I think I'm going to go with, um, I, I've kind of dragged on and on here. So I'm, I think I'm going to go with Rashad White here. He was, he was uh, drafted in the third round by the Bucks. Yeah, uh, I think he's fairly undervalued for you know kind of being a rookie. Yeah, um, they have Leonard Fournette there that they just signed back, but I think um, the thing that Rashad White that stood out on Rashad White's profile was he was very good at catching and being part of the the passing game, and yeah. so I think that uh, they have Gio Bernard that they had last year. I'm not sure yeah, he's exactly come... whether it clicked or not, but um, I think Rashad White has a good shot at taking that Gio Bernard role, that James White role in the Tom Brady offense 
And so I think like, you know, he could be one of those guys where his price appreciates. I have him below some of the other rookie running backs in my rankings, but I think given the opportunity and where we're sitting right now, I think, I think Rashad Wade, I got to go with him here. Yeah. I really like that. And obviously, you know, we've seen a, a pretty, yeah, pretty, pretty to white. They did all right. You know, that was a pretty, that was a pretty good combination, I suppose, right? Just uh, So I think, yeah, Tom Brady's got to be really happy to, you know, be thrown to another pass catching running back with the second name white. You know, that brought him a few rings. So you never know, he could end up with another <laughs> one. Like he's going to, I think he might run out of fingers by the time he's finished playing. Like it's absolutely yeah. ridiculous. Um, and here we go into round number 13. Um, we've just got running, but I'll, I'll, I'll pull up all all positions yeah. for you so you can have a look and see who's who's sitting up there. As yeah, this is this is this is not a good board. No, <laughs> I um, mean, there's some guys I like as some shots, but this is these are kind of dark shots here. Yeah, um, you know, one guy that's interesting is Khalil Herbert at the running back position. Yeah. Um, I wasn't mm-hmm. too high on him from a prospect perspective, but I think last year I saw that. He was pretty good. So yeah. Dave Montgomery went down for like four games and he was the lead guy and he, yeah. he could play in that role and he's young and running backs, you kind of want to stay on the younger side. So like, he's somebody that I could see if um, Montgomery goes down. Um, and even if Montgomery doesn't, I think they might start to use him more. Um, obviously Will Fuller, he's awesome, but um, it's tough when he doesn't see the field very often. I'm not, he's a piece a free agent now so you're not even well, sure what the situation is there so you kind of no he doesn't see the fields legally either yeah you know, it's yeah it's yeah exactly yeah. um uh raheem Mostert. um yeah sure like um but like i don't know i, I generally try and stay away from the 49ers backfield you never know from week to week let alone year to year what that's going to look like he is uh, i will most, i will bet I don't know, let's say a hundred pounds that Raheem Mostert will get injured next season. If he does not, <laughs> I will give I'll give a hundred pounds. I'll, I'll show you the the fantasy wildcard streamathon is is running okay. at the minute. And they're they're doing yeah. uh raising money for mine charity, great promotion. And if Raheem Mostert goes the full season next season without getting injured, I will give one hundred pounds to the mine charity because wow he, he will Man, get I'm, injured. I'm, I'm hoping for no injuries for him. Me, me too. It would be, it'd yeah, be great for yeah. him. It'd be great for mine. It'd be yeah, it'd be great for everyone. But you know, he will get injured. Yeah. All right. So I think uh, you know, looking at these running backs and looking at the, what we have available of like trying to find situations where I can see players where their price appreciates. I'm I'm like not seeing much. So I think I'm gonna go. I'm gonna stick with the running backs and, and go with James yeah. Cook here. And James yeah. Cook, he was drafted in the third round by the Bills. That's the landing spot lottery kind of thing that we were all talking yeah. about. Um, I wasn't, to be honest, I wasn't too high on Cook coming out. Um, but I, just the landing spot's too good to pass up. And I'm not yeah. really a believer in Singletary or Moss. I think we've seen no. what they can do. Um, the Bills' offense is just one of the best in the NFL um you know you always worry about what the running back looks like when you have a, a QB that can run um how how well that running back could produce especially if you're you know in a committee with yeah. Singletary Moss but you know like I'm taking James Cook out of 
all those guys because you know we've seen what Singletary and Moss are and I don't think they're no. um and if, yeah he's and so, the player Josh Allen yeah. as well right he's a guy that isn't you know the big heavy downhill runner like you know Zach Moss is he's he's someone who's going to be there as an outlet to catch passes to kind of cut in and out and let Josh Allen continue to do you know most of the heavy lifting so I think he'll he'll really compliment Josh Allen the same way that you know we talked about earlier both of you know the whites that were playing running back for Tom Brady they'll really compliment you know the way that Tom Brady likes to get that ball out nice and quick I think yeah Josh Allen is going to really like playing with James Cook yep not that oh, Tom Brady's okay. rushing as much as Josh Allen. <laughs> 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 um, so here we are really back on the board really quickly again in round number 14. Okay. Will Fuller still sitting up there we talked about earlier. Yeah. Um, and the now invincible Raheem Mostert, obviously, is still sitting there as well. Um, a few other players. I kind of want to take him so he's yeah. on my team so that <laughs> yeah. it's like I can cheer for this $100, for this charity $100. Yeah. Um, yeah. But uh, that's not what this, that's not what I'm doing this draft. I, I got to stay yeah. on brand here. Yeah. And I think um, I'm going to go Isaiah Spiller. Now, unlike um, Rashad White and, and James Cook, um, where I wasn't like crazy high on their profile. Cook, I'm sorry, White had some good production points, but I wasn't. Yeah. You know, he's, he's got the size. So like, you know, you got to take him a couple rounds early because people really like him. Yeah. But, um, you know, Spiller, he didn't get the draft capital that people like to see. They like to no. see third round yeah. capital and above. But he was one of my favorite prospects and, uh, at the running back position. He produced really well um, throughout his college year. He's got the size. Um, the one area that kind of dinged him was uh, his athleticism. And yeah. that's largely, uh, he was slower than the guys that typically have success in the NFL. Um, and so, uh, you know, that kind of pushed him down. Um, and he went to, a, uh, I think, a really great landing spot yeah. uh, with the Chargers. The Chargers have a really good offense. Yeah. And Austin Eckler is... Um, a very good fantasy player. He's I, I have him as a buy. He scores a ton of fantasy points, yeah. but uh, he needs a complement to his game. They need a bigger back, and they haven't had very much success finding that bigger back. To they've been trying as well. well. And they've been trying, and I think uh, who knows? This is kind of a risk here because you know generally guys that get drafted in below the third round don't necessarily always pan out. But given his profile, it was kind of you know, in the fourth round, it wasn't like we're, I'm taking a seventh round guy here. Yeah. Um, I think there's a, there's a spot for him to, to really do well this year. And, you know, there's other guys like um, that I, I might have higher in my rankings um, mm -hmm. at the moment, but I'm really intrigued by the Isaiah Spiller spot. And there's guys like Damian Pierce that have, you know, you know, lucked into a, a good spot in Houston where they might mm. end up being the best running back in the spot. But yeah, you know, I, I'm not, I wouldn't be so sure that um, the next year he doesn't get, so they don't draft another, a first round draft pick in round one. I yeah. think the situation in, in, um, in for the chargers is Eckler is going to be there. Yeah. So, you know what you're getting out of a, a spiller. Um, like you, you're not worried that next year they're going to get, um, they're going to move on from Eckler and, and draft a, a first round 
draft pick. Yeah. There's going to be Eckler and Spiller as a one-two punch committee, and hopefully you can get some you can get you can get some price appreciation from that situation. Yeah, because we're that, we're here drafting him in the 14th round here. So yeah, and that team you know has got that Chargers team has got plenty of holes on the you know defensive side of the ball, and they chose to to pick Spiller there when they they could have filled some holes. So obviously they've got you know, things in mind, you don't just pick him to sit on your bench. Like he's going to play and he's going to, you know, add some, some fantasy points to, to some owners. So I think that's really, you know, great value there. And in, in, in the 14th round, or was it the top of the 15th, 14th round, as we're now yeah. at the, the back end of, of round number 15, as, you know, Damien Pierce is, we just talked about, he's sitting right there up at the top, um, along with um, Nicole, Nicole Harmon is there as well. Oh, we talked about him okay. there too. Yeah. Uh, uh, oh, I did someone believe... take Muster? Raheem Mostert is gone, oh, yeah. sadly. Oh, dear. <laughs> I cannot believe that um, McCole Hardman is this far down. Like, I would yeah. not select him, um, <laughs> no matter how high he is. Yeah. However, I kind of have the same viewpoint as you do. However, like, I just imagine, like, and I would guarantee, I, I bet MVS is down here, too. Like, yeah. why are people not pushing these guys up? Um, this, these are guys that you want to see go high so that it pushes the guys that you want lower. Um, yeah. Uh, don't take them, <laughs> but you want, to put, you want them to go higher. Yeah, um, absolutely. So, you know, like, clearly there's some quarterbacks here that, you know, if I didn't secure up my quarterback, I, I might be, you know, looking to take a maybe a flyer on as, yeah. you know, like a, a late producer. Like, uh, for instance, Mariota, if he, if he ends up having a decent uh, season with, throwing the ball to pits in London, um, you know, and they kind of want to stick with him. I'm not sure that mm. that's the case, but, um, you know, you could find a team that's interested that, um, you know, is in win yeah. now that maybe would be interested in that. Um, mm-hmm. I, I'm going to speed it up a little bit here and just kind of go right to the guy that I'm looking at here, but I, I'm looking at uh, Wayne Dell Robinson. Yeah. Um, this guy is taken in the second round uh, by the New York football giants. Um, you know, looking at this depth chart, it's, it's, it doesn't seem like a great landing spot, to be honest. Um, looking at um, the depth chart and the, the sort of the supporting cast here. Yeah. I'm not a believer in Daniel Jones, but I don't think we're going to have to wait too long for that change to happen. Yeah. Um, uh, and then you got guys like uh, Kadarius Tony, who um, always seems to, you know, have some issues with, you know, with the coaching yeah. staff or, but he's, he's, you know, got those really high upside type of weeks that he can do. And yeah. then you got um, Kenny Devaladay, which I'm not high on and then Sterling Shepard, which who is, has been very, very good, but we're talking dynasty. Yeah. Here, so you don't want to be um, drafting the old, old guys where you, you can't no. then flip them or trade them, even if they are doing well. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, that leaves sort of Wayne L. Robinson and, and, this is kind of the same thing that we were talking about with, with Rondell Moore um, earlier where, the, you know, he gets kind of knocked for, for, you know, having, uh, being, being short, but everything else kind of fits. Yeah. So, and, and then from a production standpoint, he put up some really good numbers in college this, this last season. So, you know, you're getting a wide receiver with good draft capital in the second round where, you know, he'll probably play some, um, you know that 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 guy kind of sticks out, and I think yeah, he could be definitely one of those ones where 
you know, you get through fall camp and you're like here with the rumors, like, oh man, uh, he's, he's looking good. He's flashing. He's yeah. looking good. Uh, yeah. Who knows what they do with Kadarius Tony? Um, he wanted to get know, traded. If he gets traded, who knows? Uh, yeah. If they bench him, or he could be playing and you know taking, um, you know, some of the uh, attention away from guys like um, Wayne Deller or um, yeah, or who or um, Shepard the, there. Yeah. So mm. yeah, I think I think Wayne Deller Robinson there in uh, round fifteen here. Yeah, I think that's good. And uh, Kadarius Tony went. Kadarius Tony was long, 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 long gone. You know, he oh, was yeah. rounds and rounds and rounds yeah. ago. So getting the guy that might actually, you know, take Kadarius Tony's place because Kadarius Tony is spitting his dummy out and deciding he doesn't want to play in New York or whatever. Like, yeah, that's yeah. that's great, great value there. And yeah, you're right. Now yeah. we're in the round number sixteen. We got we got three picks left to go. Um, and this is where it gets, you know, this is where it gets interesting, and it's just sort of, you know, all about upside here. And this is why it's great we've got yeah. these new rookies because I, yeah. I was like, you know, when the start up yeah. these last rounds, just take a rookie flyer and, and see what happens. But is there anyone that like we have any rookies on the board? Oh, we have. Yeah, so two. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go really down on the board. I'm not even sure how far down he is. Um, uh, I had a pretty high opinion of him coming out. His name's uh, Brian Robinson Jr. Uh, running back for Brian, yes. uh, Washington Commanders. Let's see if we can find He's Zemir right below Zamir White there. Oh, Brian Robinson, yes. Uh, yeah. Of the Washington Commanders. Yeah, he's... So Every time the is... Commanders drafted a running oh, back, sorry. I was like, oh, yeah, it's just saying about my, my poor Antonio Gibson shares. Because the <laughs> Commanders just kept... They brought back Jenny because like, they drafted Brian Robinson. They're bringing in, you know... How many running backs do they have? It's more than any other team in the league. It must be because like every time I look at the news, it's like Commanders decide another running back. I'm like, oh god. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and so this is this is like you said, sort of that kind of what what what's where's the flyer here? Yeah. And Gibson is the guy that kind of can do it all. He can he can be a pass catcher. He could he could pound it in on third yeah. down. Yeah. The problem with Gibson Gibson is that he's been injured and hasn't been able to play all the time. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so they kind of have this, like, this backfield where they, I think what they were trying to do was Gibson kind of paired with McKissick. And mm. McKissick would kind of take on those those um, those passing down. But now they have Brian Robinson, who's a big guy. Um, yeah. And he can pound it in. He's kind of been hidden on the Alabama depth chart. He's been behind guys like Najee Harris and Josh Jacobs and Damon Harris, yes. who are all now NFL running backs. Um, and um, he's just been kind of the second fiddle there. Mm. Um, but he can be um, that guy that pu- pushes it in, punches it in. Yeah. Um, and so if you want to keep Gibson healthy, right? So you let Gibson be the guy that goes from the 20 to the 20 and you uh, pepper in McKissick on passing downs to kind of save Gibson. And then um, you're thinking about guys that can pound it. Yeah. Um, Brian Robinson is that guy. And if, if for whatever happens, Gibson goes down again, and then you're comparing, then your, um, your committee is Brian Robinson with McKissick paired together. Yeah. McKissick isn't like a threat to Brian Robinson Jr. Different player. Um, It's, it's, it's a different player. 
And so, you know, I, I like, I really like that, that opportunity there. Um, yeah. So I, I like Samir White. I've, I've touched on him. I think his opportunity is good, but I think I'm going to go with Brian Robinson over Samir White. The other guy I'm thinking about um, last. Yeah, that's good. You, you got it. Um, the other guy as a, as another sleeper on there for running backs. I mean, I like Samir like is uh, yeah. Chris Evans. He was a running yeah. back last year for Cincinnati. Yeah. Uh, and he, um, you know, Mixon's obviously the guy there, but yeah. he showed uh, they have a guy like P. Ryan as maybe the second, but he shows some really good flashes on, uh, particularly on passing work. Um, that would be something you know you get into the nineteenth, twenty round, twentieth round, where I'd be thinking about putting picking him. So yeah. I think the next guy I'm going to go with is um, uh, David Bell, a wide receiver for the Browns. David Bell, oh, he's right up at the top. Yeah, David Bell coming yeah. in as, you know, in that Cleveland, yeah, it's all different now as well. But you're right, you know, with the Browns getting Deshaun Watson, like if Deshaun yeah. Watson strikes up a partnership with anyone, you know, their, you know, their value is going to go huge. And if, if it's David Bell, then yeah, he'll be a name on everyone's lips if Deshaun Watson starts passing in the ball. Yeah, and who's to uh, who's to say it's not Donovan Peoples Jones or some, or you know, obviously. Amari Cooper is going to get his share too. Yeah, and yeah. they got a couple of good, um, good tight ends. But um, you know, you know, we talked about stacking and, and and elite QBs and how that you know could create an opportunity for somebody's yeah. price to appreciate appreciate quite a bit. Yeah. Um, and so uh, David Bell is somebody that um, was a Debbie darling. Uh, he produced really well, and then kind of like Isaiah Spiller, he just didn't run very fast. Um, and then he gets the <laughs> he gets the the draft spot or the the spot lottery here and gets a in a good situation with with the Browns and um, you know I'm looking at the Browns depth chart on our lads and um, there's not much there. You have Amari Cooper obviously, yeah. and then the other the other starters they they have they have Donovan Peoples Jones penciled in and then they have David Bell penciled in yeah. as a starter. And yeah. we're sitting here you know, in the 17th round and I'm getting a, a potentially starting re- wide receiver in a Deshaun Watson led offense, um, yeah. you know, that has a good rookie profile and maybe it's just a little slow. Um, but, you know, there's been slow wide receivers that have been very, very successful um, yeah. in the NFL. So it, it's not a, a death curse there. I also like KJ Hamler. I like Donovan Peoples-Jones. So he just doesn't have the draft capital, but I really liked him as a no. prospect. I like John Mechie, um, but I like I, I think I just like David Bell's um, profile and, and his situation better. So I think I'm going to go with David Bell. Let's get David Bell locked in. And hey, look, we find Marquez Valdez-Scantling as well. He's all the way down yeah. there with Romeo Dubs and, and, yeah. and Brian Edwards. But we'll, we'll, we'll not concern ourselves with him just now as we get Yeah, we, we, need, get we, need, the masses, we need the masses to push him up so that he yeah. push <laughs> other players down for us, I think. Yeah, let's get him. Um, some some sucker can take him. Let's do that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'm not. I have no place to say who's good and who's bad. They're they're all NFL players, right? But like yeah. from a fantasy perspective, um, I'm not sure that you want to be making your bets with Nicole Hardman or uh, MVS. No, I think um, you're, so, you're spot. Uh, from from a team building perspective, I uh, need a tight end. This is the last last pick, so I got to go tight end here. Uh, the only tight end I have is Kyle Pitts. Um, Not bad. 
Yeah, yeah. Uh, number one dynasty tight end. Yeah. Uh, probably a first round uh, pick for most, uh, especially if you're tight end premium. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so anyway, um, there's some guys I like here. Uh, I generally tend to try and stay out of the way out of the middle of the tight end class. So I don't like to, um, you know, get the middling tight ends, the low yeah. end tight end ones type of guys. I'd rather just kind of wait to the end because at the end you can find guys that put up as many points on a points per game basis. Um, there's a couple way cheaper. There's a couple that stand out. Obviously if you're going to continue the, the rookie theme, Trey McBride, uh, he gets good draft capital. Yeah. I'm not crazy about the situation that he's in. He's he's in Arizona yeah, behind Hurts, and there's a lot of people that are competing for targets there. Yeah. Um, but he would probably, if I was going to go rookie, he'd probably be the rookie that I'd go here, um, even though I do like guys like um, Jelani Woods and um, some of the other ones. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, I like Brevin Jordan. Jordan didn't get the draft capital last year and um but he ended up in a good situation and actually he played really well with Davis. Yeah. Um so he'd be one of the guys that I'd be looking to target and uh he's up a high up on the list. Um the other one that I'd 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 say is um on on this list that I like is uh David Njoku. Um and this kind of goes down to the um sort of the stacking uh, you know I'm kind of going all in here on the Browns here. I got yeah, Sean Watson and David Bell, and I could put yeah. Njoku here, and and I, I really like Harrison Bryant, but I think that they um, they have enough space for two tight ends to play the game, yeah. and and he gets Deshaun Watson, and if you remember, Njoku has been a um, somebody that hasn't necessarily been pleased um, with with the the Browns front office, uh, but he he got his new contract, yeah, and now you you pair them with 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 Deshaun Watson and and uh, you know coming out and Joku was like uh one of the one of the higher rated prospects at tight end um yeah. so you just don't forget about those guys he's not necessarily old but he's somebody that I think if you take him here um he can give you that tight end low tight end one you know production mm-hmm. um and his price could increase substantially um if he's able to get that uh, because of just getting to play with Deshaun Watson. So yeah. I think, I think I'm going to go Njoku here for the last one. Yeah. I think that's a great pick. And, you know, Njoku has shown, you know, these just, you know, on his day, David Njoku looks unstoppable. Like he looks like right. the best tight end in the league. And what we right. know about Deshaun Watson is that Deshaun Watson, you know, makes, you know, masterpieces, you know, with, I don't know what's the good analogy. Using crayons, right? He they surrounded like uh, the Texans. He wasn't surrounded by very much, and he still led the league in passing. So you that's know right. what? What could, what's he going to do with David and Joku? I think he he's going to make him a better player, and and that's exciting. And you know what a player to get with your with your last pick. Yeah, that was it. Let's see what the last one is. Let's see. Yeah, you always got to see what who, who the last person in the draft is. Jonas, but well, we set a bit of a. A tight end run there. Zemir Wright. Yeah. Donovan Peoples Jones. Mike Davis, really? <laughs> Mike Davis <laughs> um, comes off the board. And Jared Patterson is the, is the last player coming off um, in our draft. So let's have a little look at 
at the team that we've built up here, Jay. And I've got a feeling that it's going to be really good. So we have our four quarterbacks, Deshaun Watson, Justin Fields, Derek Carr, and Tom Brady. Does not get much better than that. That is amazing. We've got our one, two, three, four, five running backs. Uh, we got Brees Hall, you know, the first rookie picked in the hot seat this year. We got Rashad White. We got James Cook. We got, I, oh, wow. I got Isaiah Spiller. We got Brian Robert. I can sense a theme with the running backs. Yeah. That is fantastic. So we got five rookie running backs. You know, some of them are definitely going to hit, I think. So that's good. Good gamble bringing them in. Um, and then we got our, our wide receiver room. We got three, four, five, six, seven wide receivers. Trail on Burks. Drake London, Rashad Bateman, Jameson Williams, Sky Moore, who's going to be an absolute hit for the Chiefs. I know it. You got Wandale Robinson and David Bell. How are you feeling about your wide receiver room? Well, hey, you know, like this is the first one with rookies included. And I'm trying to do something a little different here. Yeah. I ordinarily wouldn't wouldn't say, you know, draft a full team of rookies. Yeah. Um, you know, I've but talked it, about that before, but I, I'm, it's pretty lo- cool, I'm though. loving the way this looks. Yeah. I'm really loving the way this looks. And, you know, there's a couple of, you know, guys that fell, like um, Rashad Bateman. Yeah. Um, that, you know, I think could really smash here, too. Um, yeah. And, you know, these guys, like Traylon Burks, he's, there's nobody in his way. So he could be a, his wide receiver one for his team. Drake London, clearly like Kyle Pitts is a big part of that offense, but nobody else at wide receiver. He could be a wide receiver one for his team. Rashad yeah. Bateman, he's probably the wide receiver one for his team. Sky Moore, we talked about the situation in Kansas City, but um, you know, like I'm not high on MVS, I'm not high on um McCole Hardman. You know, Juju, we kind of have a little bit of an idea what Juju is, but I think Sky Moore could potentially be the wide receiver one for his room. Yeah. Wayne Dell Robinson, um, you know, I'm not particularly high on Kenny Galladay. I'm not sure that the Giants are either. Yeah, um, Tony, maybe, maybe Kadarius Tony is the wide receiver one. Um, maybe Shepard is, but I don't know how long it is. But Wayne Dale, given the second round draft capital, he could be your wide receiver one. Yeah. Um, David Bell, obviously, um, you know, you have our Mari Cooper there, but, um, you know, like in a Deshaun Watson offense, yeah, sure, but. Uh, yeah, it's all rookies, um, but uh, I really like the fact that there's a lot of opportunity there for for these guys. Yeah, absolutely. Opportunity just, yeah, left, right, and center in this team. And then we got, you know, Cal Pitts and David Njoku there. And just remembering from the start, we were saying, you know, Cal Pitts might not be the starter on game week one because, you know, he could have been traded away for for Mark Andrews plus or 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 someone along that line. So, you know, just getting that the most value out of this team as as possible. And, you know, what a way to, to you know, kick off this new rookie class by, you know, by drafting every single one of them in our team. <laughs> <laughs> in our team. <laughs> so exciting. Um, uh, I, missed, yeah, um, I missed Garrett Wilson. I didn't get yeah. him. Yeah, I miss Chris Olave. Uh, those are those are my Buckeye guys, and I didn't get I, them. Um, you can trade Cal Pitts for those two plus, right? You'll just do yeah, that. right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I love the setup for QBs too, man. I, I, yeah, I love love the way that is. I, I was surprised that Justin Fields fell yeah. to me in the third. Yeah. I, I see him going in the in the second. So 
Yeah. Um, you know, even Deshaun Watson and Justin Fields, I think those are the great long-term options that I'm set up with Derek Carr and Tom Brady yeah. to kind of carry me. Uh, and I can even trade those guys to win now guys later down the road. And, and for running backs, you know, like I got my one Brees Hall. I think, you know, you can see like price appreciation similar to what we saw from, from Najee Harris yeah. or Javante Williams with Brees Hall, where next year, you're not getting him in the late third or early fourth. You're getting him maybe, maybe by the start of this season, you have to use your late second to get him. Yeah. Um, yeah, absolutely. And so, so I think, and then I, I didn't focus on an RB2 until later. Um, and so, you know, those, those flyer running backs, those are all rookies that maybe might have a shot at, at being producers this year. But so my, my second slot for RB is, is, not great if i was competing but that's not mm. what this is that's this is yeah. this is all about um trying to capture price appreciation and value uh, maybe take advantage of people not knowing where the rookies should go and um you know later in the season maybe trading some of these guys to get some better producers and make your team a little bit more competitive but yeah. honestly from a dynasty perspective like you said we got we got all of them so yeah. in general i'd like to maybe do some compounding and get a couple extra 2023 first but for the most part i think we got an incredibly valuable team for for a few years here um that we can keep doing that kind of stuff yeah absolutely i I just love love the look of it and yeah it's great you've got all those rookies in there and you know chad just i just want to say just thank you so much again for for coming on and you know sharing that really like you know different way of looking at things where hints and tips and you know really analyzing you know the numbers and looking at price versus value i really love that and you know that pendulum theme we had i'm definitely going to be having that in my head now we lost sort of ingrained in here not thinking about where a player's value is up here or down here and, and keeping that analogy close and just you know remember everyone if you're watching you know give this here a big thumbs up let's see if we can get jay up on the hall of flame here the more thumbs up he gets the higher he's going to climb up so let's see if we can get him into our into our top three and you can find him at uh, underscore jason stein on twitter check out his amazing articles on, on dynasty nerds to, to you know read into a little bit more about his value system and uh, just re- you want to remind everyone one more time about that promo code you've got over at dynasty nerds again yeah so if you're signing up for um if you want to be in the nerd herd or you want to use the cool tools at Dynasty Nerds like Dynasty GM, and you sign up for a membership, you uh, enter the code INVESTOR uh, when you're going through the checkout, and you'll get 15%. Perfect. Enter that code INVESTOR for your 15% off, um, which is, you know, it's a great thing as well. I'm a nerd, I remember. And it's, yeah, it's, it's great value already. So getting 15% off is, is absolutely great. So, Jay, once again, thank you so much for coming on. And, Thanks, everybody, again, for for watching and listening at home. And just reminding everyone that until next time, everybody keep themselves and their teams lit. See you later.